0: and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love, and each week on the show, we're gonna help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go, let's get started. On today's episode, I talked to author Rob Brown about his book, Truest Fan, and it is such a good book about why we need to be intentional with our lives and understand our purpose and what impact we can have in the world. It's a book about how we can be our own biggest fan, fan for the people in our lives and fan for God. And I love that we talk about being our best selves and showing up in the world, how we do our most important work and remove distractions and how we show up for our family as our best self and give them our best. So I can't wait to dig in. Here we go. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome Rob Brown. He's the author of Truest Fan, Live, Love and Lead with Purpose and Impact. He's also an executive coach and he is a lifelong Cleveland Indians baseball fan. Welcome, Rob.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's great to uh, to be with you, Kristen. Um, I look forward to our discussion.
0: Absolutely. It's, I know it's going to be great. So can you start by telling us a little bit about your backstory and your journey to writing this book and just being a lifelong baseball fan and having such purpose in your life?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the, the reason behind the title of the book, "Truest Fan, is that I believe that we should all be truest fans of ourselves and of the people around us. In fact, we should go out of our way to do that. And so, In my careers, I've watched the different roles that I've played as a financial advisor to um, clients helping them with their investments and financial plans, to leading an organization that had 250 other financial advisors, um, to the coaching work that I do. I've always thought of myself as being a cheerleader, being that person who really wants uh, to see the glass half full and just you know take advantage of the opportunities that we have. So so that's kind of the backstory. is through this, this kind of um, the different roles that I've played, even the role that I play as a father. I'm married. I've been married for a long time. I have triplet daughters who turned 31 this month. I've considered myself to be their cheerleader. And so I just like this idea of really making sure that we're all focused on getting the best out of ourselves and then encouraging others. And so that's that's really kind of the the backstory to how um how this idea began to uh, to percolate,
0: yeah, good dive into that. So the first question is how do we become a bigger, our own biggest fan? you know, because I think that is hard for a lot of people. Always are saying things negative self-talk. What can we do there first and foremost?
1: Yeah, I well, you know, there are things that really fall in my view to the just do it <laughs> way of approaching things because, There there are no tricks or no secrets. And so maybe you can't just do it and jump all the way in and, and turn from maybe being a little bit negative and looking at things a little half empty right away, but you can do small things right away. One of the little tips in the book, one of the little exercises I talk about is the idea of sending a few text messages every day to people that you know maybe people that you haven't connected with in a while and just let them know that they're there and saying hey I just was thinking about you today and wanted to make you smile I hope this text message does that or a Facebook you know instant message or wherever however you do that but I think just creating those little steps those little actions um, as you're walking you know uh, down the street or through your office now that we can do that again you know smiling at people and acknowledging them and and those little things, I think, can really help and build that momentum because the smile that you give, you tend to get back, and it has a way of, of spreading. So I think I think it's just a matter of just doing and being very intentional about
0: it. And I definitely do talk about this sometimes. I think if we're not feeling our best, or we or we're feeling down about something we're doing, or that we could achieve more. To your point, I often say the same thing. We, If we just did what we want to other people, it, treat them the same, but it's kind of like you said, hey, maybe I feel a little down or a little, I need encouragement. But if I go share that with the world, you start getting it back. It's just
1: yeah. it's just how things it's, work. It's really hard to be negative when you're smiling, you know, and that's a, maybe a hard exercise to test because sometimes those smiles aren't genuine. But if you're really smiling, really I'm happy about what you're doing. It's it's hard to be negative and it becomes easier to share that. And it, it just has a way of of bouncing back. There's kind of a, a boomerang effect to it. So I think you just find those opportunities and, and just do it. Another really important thing, and I talk about this in the book, is the idea of self-belief. You know, if you don't believe in yourself, if you aren't your own truest fan, then it's hard to be a truest fan for other people. So Thinking about yourself in those positive ways uh, really really becomes um, becomes important, um, and allowing yourself to dream, um, you know, just the whole idea of not limiting what it is you want, but also not tying it uh, to money. Because I think sometimes we tie what we want to how much money we think we need to have or make to get there. And I know in my coaching work, one of the things that I do is I always. Ask you know a newer client when when they say well I want to double my business I'll say well why tell me why why is that important and when you start to ask yourself that question or ask somebody else that question two or three levels deep you know it turns out that they'll say something like you know um, my parents weren't able to send me to college right. and so I know that if I make more money that my kids will be able to go through college and that will mean so much to me because they'll 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 feel that generational progression and so it's just is it why do you want to do that what's that really big dream that you have that you're really trying to to accomplish and when you have that dream in mind and there's just a, a natural attractions to things happening Around you that make it easier, that make it feel more fun, and and takes you away from feeling as though you know I've got to put in you know the hours to make the money to pay the tuition, and it becomes um, daunting.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think you're right. I think it it does all come down to why, right? Like you said, you can say, "Oh, I want more money," but at the end of the day, it's really the why. Do we need more flexibility of time? Is it so we can afford this trip with our spa- dream trip with our spouse? So we have more, you know special moments or memories with them. I mean so in other words, whatever the reason I think it is, it's right. so
1: key. So and, and your time example is another great one because you know if one of the things that you have is one of your big dreams is to have this you know gigantic trip with your family or with your with your spouse um, but you only dream about having more time every day you're kind of limiting your dream. You're limiting your dream. If I, if I can get a little bit of time back every day, then maybe eventually I'll have more time to be able to take that trip. But why not just dream about what it is you really want to do and think about that all the time when you're going about going about your days and maybe even some of those days when you're having bad days, you're saying, well, hey, I'm doing this because I am going to go on that big trip. I am going to be able to send my kids to college and they're never going to have to worry about college loans. Those are, I think those are important ways to think about things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, for instance, I take, or I shouldn't say I take Fridays off. I schedule Fridays so that I have no appointments, interviews, anything that's committed to another person. So it doesn't mean I don't do work, but I have it open so that I can get whatever work done I need to get done. And then I try to make it so the afternoons I can you know, take a little break or get stuff done around the house, whatever it might be. But for me, that's important because I feel like by Fridays, it's a wrap up day and it's my day to be creative or my day to plan, you know, so I leave it open for those types of work or for, you know, relaxation. So for me, it was intentional and purposeful that I planned my week that way. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: So I, I totally agree. And if you, you know, study the success habits of people who have really accomplished lots of things, They take time away and what they'll oftentimes say is their best ideas that relate to their work come when they're not thinking about their work because they're not telling themselves, I have to think about this thing to make my business better. They're just living their lives and enjoying the things they're able to do as a result of the work that they're doing. So I think being really intentional about taking time away is, um, is really, really important.
0: Yeah, well, and I think our brains need that time to process. I mean, I know there's some people that think of a something they're working on, a problem before they go to bed at night, then they go to sleep. But it's like by morning or the next day, they'll start having ideas. It's the same as, like you said, when we disconnect from the same work we're doing all the time, it lets our brain connect different ideas together that we might not otherwise, I think.
1: Right, right. No, I think that's absolutely true. And it's just it's just like, you know, an athlete doesn't put in, his or her, you know, most strenuous exercise, you know, the day before the big event, they have some recovery time Mm -hmm. built in. In that recovery time, they're getting stronger physically and mentally. So when the event happens, um, they're able to operate at peak performance.
0: Absolutely. So let's jump in and talk about how do we go after doing our most important work and plan our schedule, right, or our life so that we Focus on that instead of all the distractions.
1: Right. And so that is, uh, the, in the book, is Fan, there are seven principles that I teach. And principle number two is all about doing your most important work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we'd all admit we live in a world of distractions. And oftentimes, we are working on other people's priorities. You know, those emails and those text messages that you get that you feel like you have to respond to right away. Those are generally somebody else's priorities and you're, and we allow those priorities to become our priorities because we don't bounce them up against what is our most important work. And so as we're thinking about what we're doing, whether it's the things that we're doing at home or the things we're doing in our businesses, there are things that are most important. And so when I, like, if I help a client set a 12 week, plan for their business. We'll identify what is the number one, maybe two or three top priorities that are really most important for them over the course of the next 12 weeks. And we'll plan that out. And then what we'll say is, if anything else comes your way, ask yourself, is it worth interrupting what I said was most important for the next 12 weeks? And nine times out of ten, probably ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it's not. There's there's sometimes stuff that can slip in, but most often it doesn't. So so focusing on your most important work, really understanding what is most important to you right now as it relates to the big goals that you have, and then staying with it. I mean, if something new comes in that you say, Hey, I can't do that now because that's not my important work today, that's that's okay. You can create a list for your next 12 weeks that you can look at that again and say, well, now i add that back in. So I just think it's really important to figure out what really is most important. What are the most important things that you can do right now and, um, and then focus on them. And then everything else has to kind of pass that test.
0: Yeah. So speaking of that is, do you have any tools or resources or strategies that you have you use or you ask your, you know, you have your clients use, to help with that, like limiting how often you check email or turning off your cell phone and putting it aside. So do you talk about that kind of, you know, very granular things or just the high level mostly?
1: Yeah. So in in the book, we don't get into depth on that, but in in the coaching work that I do, we do that all of the time. We, we, we try to create routines for each day, uh, create what I call success habits, those things that you do every day that, you know, if you do them, you will You will get to your ultimate goal. You will achieve success, even though in the day you may not see immediate success. You know, it's, you know, one example is most of my clients get a significant portion of their new business through introductions from clients or other centers of influence. Mm -hmm. But, and those clients and centers of influence will tell them, Hey, I'd be happy to make introductions. You just have to remind me that you're, Open for business. So, success habit might be make sure that you have that introduction, that referral conversation once a day. And if you go from maybe doing it once a month to once a day, um, I I guarantee your your results will increase. So, so we like to have uh, routines with success habits. I'm, I'm a big believer in setting up the time of day that you will return calls and emails, and depending on your business, that might be you know one or two you know time blocks during the course of the day but again not allowing other people to turn their priorities into your priorities because most people who want your attention they might be emailing you or calling you but they they don't necessarily want you to drop everything you're doing and do it right now they just want to know that you got the message and that in time you're going to get to get back to them um, yeah. so those are some things that we do and i guess the other thing that i that I think is worth mentioning because this is something that anybody who's listening to this podcast can apply. And I call it the 4D system for managing your email inbox or your to-do list. Mm -hmm. And the 4Ds are delete, delegate, designate, or do. And what that means is when you look at that to-do list that you've created for yourself, the first thing you want to do is go through and cross off those things you know that you really don't. Need to do. You just wrote them down because you didn't want to forget. You thought they might be important, um, mm-hmm. but they aren't. So you just cross those out. That shrinks your list. Then you look at your list and say, "What can I delegate? What can I delegate to somebody on my team or to some strategic partner who can get this done for me? Because I don't need to do this myself." And that leaves you those things that that do fall on your plate. But some of them you don't need to do today, so you designate them to a time into the future. You look at them again next week or next month, and that generally leaves you with four or five items that you can work on that day along with the stuff that's part of your day every day. And I think if you spend 15 minutes looking at your to-do list or looking at your email inbox the same way each day, you can save a whole bunch of time throughout the day that allows you to work on what's most important.
0: Yeah, you know, that's that's good. And I like the four Ds. That's great. Rob, the next thing I want to ask you is how do we show up and be our best self for both for ourselves and then for the people in our lives, whether it's, you know, work, you know, our clients or whether it's at home. So can we talk about that for a few minutes? Just how do we how do we be a better person, I guess?
1: You know, um, I think I think the way that we make sure that we're better people is that we is that we, we stop to think about it. Um, I, I was listening to a, a, a video yesterday and there was the speaker was talking about the fact that when he catches himself saying something to other people that just makes him cringe, you know, that, like that snarky reply, whether it's verbally or an email, um, if, if, if he lets it slip through, he puts like a hundred bucks in a pot that he gives, gives away to charity, you know, I just think it's. it's I think it's a, it's a matter of just being being intentional about it. Just thinking about every day, I want to be the best version of me that I can be today. Um, you know, last Friday I think it was, I was sitting down uh, with some friends, and they asked me how I was doing, and I had had an absolutely horrible, or I shouldn't say horrible. I had I had a tough week, and I was really tired, and I was glad it was Friday. And they heard that come out at me, and they go, Rob, what's wrong? You're always the person that you know is looking for the positive out of things. And I thought, thank you for number one, affirming that that I am living the way that I suggest other people do, but but to catch yourself and say, you know, stop that." And so I said, you know, let's just forget I said that, you know because more good happened last week, even though it was tough week than bad happened. And, and it's just just thinking consistently, how does that show up in the way that I interact with other people? How does that show up in the way that I think about myself and my private thoughts? And am I really being the best version of myself that I can be given whatever the circumstances are? Because sometimes the circumstances suck, but you can still be the best version of you. And it makes you um, it makes you a better person.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing I say often is we have to recharge. And like you said, we have to keep finding things that will fill us up and we'll keep our mindsets positive, or at least like you said, even if lots of things didn't go well on that certain day, you know what? There's still a lot of things in my life that are going well. It's just, this was a rough five minutes or, you know, a ba- I lost a client or whatever it was, but that's just one little snapshot. Right. Yeah. So, no, matter,
1: no matter what happens, you know, God loves us and uh, we we have other people who love us and we can love ourselves and love carries things a long, long way. And I think sometimes we um, we, we put that love off for another day when it's right here, right now, all right. of the time.
0: Yeah. And I think you brought up something, you know, you, you basically said, how do we be our best selves? And it's kind of by being intentional, right, and purposeful and how we react or how we act with people and how we show up. And one thing I have to say to people sometimes, and I'm for myself too, but I'll have to tell my husband sometimes, well, how much quality time did you spend with whomever, right? Me or one of our sons, because while well, you might be here, right, if we're always busy on email or whatever, so all of us, you know, have to check ourselves and go, hold on, am I intentionally showing up in the way I want to be, but am I also showing up in a way that they are getting what they need? Right. You know, so I think and that's I think that is-
1: That is a really important point. And I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes we think about the things that you and I are talking about right now is is the way we're supposed to be between nine and five or whatever those hours are that we choose to work. But I would suggest those hours between five and whatever are probably a whole lot more important. And if we let what we've been dealing with all day long lead over into the into the evening, into our family time, into the time that we're volunteering or doing other things that are important, then we aren't giving our best to that either. So, and that maybe also goes back to part of thinking about what's important. You know, it's not just what are the big things that are important, but what's important right now and how do I make sure I turn that off and don't let the distractions from one part of my day ruin the rest of my day, because um, you talked about spending time with your sons. I mean, that's, that's invaluable. You know, I I told you I have triplet daughters who are 31 years old and I'd do anything to have them, you know, back at home, you know, every night to eat dinner with and just share those dinnertime conversations or read stories to, or help with their homework. that's really
0: important stuff. Yeah, it is. And you're right. It's, it's a constant every week kind of reassessing because we, you know, we do tend to live busy lives, you know, um, like you said, with volunteering and working and all the kid activities and our own activities, it's busy. So sometimes we do have to say, maybe I need to drop this thing off so I can spend time with, you know, like you said, a good friend or a loved one or,
1: or your right. kids or whatever. It might be. Or turn off Facebook, you know, you know 15 right. minutes doesn't have to turn into two hours, you know, um, you know, that TV series that you want to binge on, there's a, probably a good time to do that, but you don't have to do uh, you know, do it every, you know, every night because those, exactly. you know, those things can, can take away
0: from the two. Yeah. I recently had a conversation with a, a pastor, Stephanie late, but she had something that she said that was really relevant to this conversation. She said, we feel like we either have to be productive or be entertained currently in our culture. The problem with that is, is what about all the other things, right? Time and quietness or prayer time to recharge, you know, but we keep either Netflix binging or feeling like we have to fit in one more, you know, whatever it is work we're doing. And so I was like, that's a really good point. We do tend to want to busy ourselves with something we think is, you know, a work valid work thing, or maybe Netflix binge when we could have sat out back and, you know, had a conversation or played ball with the kids or whatever it was. So we do have to I think be super intentional and realize that our culture has sort of trained us to think that that's normal instead of maybe that should just be on occasion.
1: Right. And, you know, I was talking about, you know, emails and text messages and stuff being distractions, you know, Netflix and things like that are in the business of being distractions, right? Right. You know, there's a reason that you can binge on Netflix or they have all those, you know, new shows and series. It's because, they want your eyeballs. They want your attention and they're competing for it. And you have to decide whether you want to give them some of that or, or not. And so I, I love what you just said, because that, that is so true. We, we go from, you know, we go from what am I doing now to what am I doing next and creating as little time in between as we possibly right. can. When maybe if we spent a little time in between, we choose what we did next uh, better. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So true. So let me ask you, I know both of us are big advocates of encouraging people and being those cheerleaders, you know, in our lives and for the people around us. Do you have any advice or tips on how we can all just be better cheerleaders? Because there's a lot of people that that doesn't come naturally to them.
1: Right. Again, I I might sound like a broken record, but I really feel like that's a just do it thing. You know, when we're engaged in those different activities that we're engaged in in life, it's just like when we were spending a little time on the pre-call you know, we both admitted that this is kind of maybe not, hasn't been the best day so far, but we said, hey, we're going to make this call the best, this podcast, the best we can possibly make it. And we picked each other up, I think, just by having that little conversation, even though I didn't, you know, do any cheers for you or you for me, we just said, hey, we want to we make this a good conversation. So your audience uh, really gets this uplifting message. And I think that is that is what's so important. Um, and think about all those different situations that you could be in. Maybe you maybe you're in a business situation where you're meeting with a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gets around the table and they kind of hunker down and they're pretending not to look at their text messages, but they are because most of what's going on. What if you stopped in that meeting, made sure you turned your phone off and just said something positive to the person sitting next to you? You know, it's an easy thing to do if you just Stop and take the time to do it. We keep going back, I think, to that word intentionality. It's being intentional about being your best and, and, and lifting each other up, and, and and that's why in the intro you, you talked about me being a, a huge Cleveland Indians fan. The you know the genesis for this book actually comes from my love of my family, my love of God, but also my love of the Cleveland Indians. And I included the Cleveland Indians because it is a hard team to love, you know, if you're not a baseball fan, you may not realize that they haven't won a world series since 1948. The whole time I've been alive and I was born and raised in Cleveland, they haven't won a world series, but I will defend them to the hill. I will root them on if it's 12 to nothing in the ninth inning because they mean so much to me. So that's part of this whole idea of being a truest fan is to making sure that you, um, through thick or thin, through, Good times and bad that you're thinking, how can I root on? How can I be a cheerleader for those things that I care the most about? And that's what being a truest fan is. And I really want everybody on this call to begin thinking about themselves, the truest fan. We all, we don't, I'm not perfect at it. And I came up with the idea, but I know that if we all worked on it every day, the world would be a better place, our individual worlds and the world at large.
0: Absolutely. Great. It's great stuff in your book. So two things. Well, first of all, I should say my husband is a truest fan of a football team that often does not do well. So, so he lives that since he was a little kid as well. So we do. I get that very, very well. But two things you brought up uh, when we were just talking or when you were just pointing out some things about um, how do we encourage people? And the two things were one is I try to think of it as like, how do how do I show up in each of my conversations in my work life? personal life, how, how can I best serve the other person? Right. So if we just said, you know what, this isn't about me, I'm here, I'm having a conversation or serving the audience. How can I show up and serve them? But I think if we stopped always, you know, reflecting on what do we need at this moment, or is that person at work, did they say something snarky, but how could we serve them? You know, how can we turn the table? So it's not about I'm irritated now, right? Instead of how can I bring my best self? And I think part of that is saying, how do I serve someone else? Totally, and then the other, totally oh, sorry, agree, totally
1: agree. no, no, I, I love that because I think that is absolutely the way that we should approach most things that we do yeah. is how can I serve the people around me? Not in, not in a way that's, that's demeaning, but, but, right. but serving people helps lift them up. It helps get stuff done and it reflects back on you and lets, helps you get the things done that you need to done, need to have done, but you don't have to put yourself first.
0: Well, yeah, I think serving is about how do we show up in a humble way and say, I want to, I want to serve the team. I want to be part of the team. This isn't just about, do I get the accolades or do I get the, right? It's about how do I show up without my own agenda? Basically, that's what it is. Is it saying I'm going to show up and do what I can do best with whatever the other person needs? Totally agree. And then the other thing is, I think you, you kind of alluded to this, but when we're encouraging people or when we're not being encouraging to people, once again, it's a choice. We have to choose to show up every day and either be positive or be a light in the world, or we show up and we bring some negative energy to the environment. And, you know, that's a choice. in every day you have to make it. And I think we can get better at it, but you have to work on it.
1: Oh yeah. totally agree. I think those points that you pulled out about serving and being the light, because we are the light. I mean, that's, that's how God made us to be the light. So, Mm -hmm. so we should really, take that responsibility very, um, seriously. And it it is a choice in, in each and everything that we do and we'll never be perfect at it. Right. But you know, the more times we do it, the better we get, the fewer slips we have. And the more that light shines, the more that, that good stuff comes out. And, um, that just, that, that, that ends up, um, giving us greater reward than we could possibly, um, um, hope for, or wish for um, yeah.
0: ourselves. Absolutely. So what I want to jump into is how about, and I know we both talked about this and we both, you talked about it in your book and I definitely talked about it in the podcast. How do we just take those steps, like take action in our lives and towards maybe something that's been on our heart, a dream or something we want to start. So why don't we talk about that for a couple of minutes?
1: Right. Well, you know, cause, cause we, cause it's great to talk about this stuff, but it's, even more important to put it into action, and so one of the things that I like to do when I'm um, coaching somebody is I try to say, okay, well, what is an area that we can mutually agree that if we can work on this one thing right now, that and, and we get that right or we get that going in the right direction, it will spill over into other things. Right. And so I think coming out of this podcast, if you think, well, gosh, I like this idea of being a truest fan, then there's there's a couple ways to start. One is write down some self-belief statements. You know, I believe in myself because I am awesome. Write down some self-belief statements and start, you know, repeating those to yourself um, every day and just just believe in your awesomeness or whatever that thing is that you really want to do. And I think just creating a simple self-belief statement is a great way to do it. Actually, when you uh, get a copy of the book, um one of the things that you're given access to is a complimentary implementation guide and there's an exercise on creating a self belief statement but if you say you know I I I want something else to do I don't want it to be about me I want it to be about somebody else what if you just uh, set a goal for yourself is i'm going to try to make three people smile today i'm just going to make three people smile and put you know put three pennies in your left pocket and every time you make somebody smile, you know, put one in your right pocket. I mean, and the day can't be, you can't finish the day until you've made three people smile. That's a way to put truest, truest fan principles into work. And it has a way of spreading because what's going to happen is you're going to say, you know, I'm able to get those three pennies to move pretty quickly. Maybe now I'll try to get them to move back the other way. So at the end of the day, you know, they'll they'll be where they, they will be where they started. But those are those are a couple of, you know, really simple little exercises that I think can be helpful for creating that self-belief, but also for building some momentum to, towards being a truest fan for yourself and for, for others.
0: Yeah. And I think that's sort of the point The right is we don't need to wait for tomorrow or the next day to take whatever the action is. Like you said, if it's that we want to be a better encourager, more positive, whether it's that we have this dream we want to go after but we can do something today on it you know the tiniest thing but that's momentum so i think momentum, that's yeah. important
1: because think, i mean most of us probably if i asked you know did, did you have you know like a, a rough conversation with somebody in the last something you love in the last 24 hours that you both kind of left that conversation feeling a little you know dispirited you know well send that person a text or give them a call or you know whatever and just say hey you know that was a lousy call yesterday, a lousy conversation yesterday. I just wanted to call you, let you know, I still love you and I care about you and I want to make sure you're smiling. That is, you know, a really, really easy thing to want to do.
0: Well, I think it's important too, because I think, you know, I know, you know, one of the things people say as they get later in life or right as, as they're on their deathbed is the regrets, right? One of the regrets of dying is, you know, not saying the things they wanted to say or not taking the risk they wanted to take. And so I think the point is, is, we don't need to wait. Like you said, if that person was on your mind, because yesterday, maybe it didn't go as very as you want, or you had a little irritated moment, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to help you just send, like, takes you one second, five seconds to send that text, you're to not, send some lifting you're, up message.
1: You're not doing, as you suggested, to make yourself feel better. You're doing it because you want that other person to feel better. And if they feel better, that's going to make you feel better. And that's just right. Kind of that that boomerang effect of yeah,
0: but it's also the not waiting. Like, don't think, oh, I'll you know what that was irritating with my spouse or my whoever yesterday, but I'm going to wait. And then it's a week passes, but we don't really know what tomorrow brings. So my point is, is just say it today. You know, They've, don't yeah, wait.
1: And, do, and do it today because because one of the tricks of the master procrastinators, and I think we're all master procrastinators at time, is we yeah. say, you know, I'm going to come up with this list of actions that I'm going to do tomorrow.
0: We're good long term planners, right?
1: (laughs) Let's just do it today. Put in a day planner, and when it comes back around, I'm going to do that. And, you know, sometimes you make yourself feel good because you say, I've got a plan for that, but it doesn't really get anything done.
0: Right. Yeah, good point. So, one thing I do want to talk about before we wrap up or get kind of the final ideas are I think a lot of people, they do focus on their work lives and they don't focus enough on their personal lives, or many, many years pass before they realize, gosh, you know, I forget who says it right, but they're like, I wish I would have had more days fishing, you know, with my kid than days working and that kind of thing. So I know in your book, you talk about family time and then epic adventures. And I am a big fan of of trying to do both of those things. It doesn't always work out with teenage boys as much as I'd like. But what could you add or what could you share with us about that and the importance of it and how you've been able to keep that, you know, in your life, especially as your kids were you know, still at home?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, actually, we still try to do it now. You know, one of the principles of being a truest fan is you have to be a truest fan of your family. And family is really, really important. And one of the stories that I share in the book is this idea of creating epic vacations every year. Because how many times do we tell ourselves, you know, next year, I'm going to turn that week at the beach into two weeks at the beach. Or I'm going to turn that two weeks in the mountains you know to, to spending the whole summer in the mountains and, and it and, all, and it's always a next year it's always putting it off mm-hmm. and then we worry well gosh won't we get bored with ourselves if we spend too much time together but the truth is the more time you spend together on a vacation or getting away the the more benefit that you get out of it and my wife lori and i were raising our daughters one of the things that we didn't do often enough but fortunately we didn't let all of their living at home years passed by was we made sure that we took two, epic two week vacations, you know, every summer where we just said we're going to be a family and we're going to go do things, you know, that we've, that we've never done. You know, we did the, the Pacific Northwest, we did California. We just, and, and, and it wasn't necessarily going from one activity to the next. Sometimes it was just, you know, finding a quiet time um, in that time together just to be uh, with each other. And now that my daughters are older, it's harder to do. And I think it's always harder to do. So I think maybe this is just excuse making. But what we try to do is we try to set at least a week every summer where we say, we're going to be here. This is where we're going to vacation. And if you want to join us, all you've got to do is show up. And so actually in two weeks, we're going to be you know, down in South Carolina at the beach and it's going to be an opportunity for the whole family to get together and have a, you know, just have a have some time together as a as a family. So, um, I just I just encourage that. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with a client who has struggled with Rob. How do I take a vacation? You know, these busy, successful business people don't know how to take a vacation. I said, well, first of all don't just limit yourself to a long weekend or, or a week. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's, make this, make this really big. And, um, and you can make it happen if you want to.
0: Yeah. It can. but I think too many of us don't get, like I said, I schedule in fun. I schedule in the celebrations. I schedule in, you know, time with friends, you know, or date night or whatever it is, because for me, honestly, I schedule those in not first, but equally with work, because otherwise we just fill our time with all the obligations you know so i think we have to be super intentional on that part of our lives as well
1: and and the people that i work with or have worked with who are the best at that when they do their beginning of the year planning the first thing they plan are that are those times away they're going to take you know every quarter during the yep. coming year so then everything else has to get planned around um, that around that and you talk about being a truest fan to your family and to yourself planning those breaks where you yep. can really rest and uh, rejuvenate and um, and share the love with uh, your loved ones is uh, is really important.
0: Mm, good stuff. Okay, so before I ask how people can connect with you online and, and find out more about your book, uh, last thing is any book recommendations, resource recommendations, or just last words of encouragement or advice.
1: Sure. So I'm I'm rereading a book right now by Bob Goff. It's called Everybody Always, and it's just Everybody Always is like how you're supposed to love people. Everybody. Always. And, and I, when I was writing Truest Fan, I didn't have that book in mind. But as I was rereading or, or rethinking about everybody, always I thought to myself, you know, there's some really good stuff that comes from that. So that's, um, that's a real favorite um, of mine that I would highly recommend as a companion to reading with a Truest Fan. I wrote Truest Fan in part because I've always wanted to write. Some some fiction, and so the, the story in is fan is actually a fable that I've told in kind of in the genre of some of my favorite authors like uh, John Gordon and Ken Blancher. You know, so if you've read Ken Blanchard's like Raving Fans, yeah. um, I, I just love that kind of kind of story. I think I learn more from stories than I do reading textbooks. So those those are, I guess, that's a book or a couple of books that um, that jump that jump to mind
0: fantastic actually yeah, I love all of Bob's books definitely everybody always and I have his wife's book as well but now I'm a big fan as well. so they're they're really good books. He's just he just hits it home, right all the stuff. it's just good. but uh, so I love that. So where can people connect with you online? What's the best way to learn more about you and about your book?
1: Okay, so to learn more about my book, you can go to truestfan.com and uh, my recommendation is when you go to truestfan.com, buy three copies of the book. And the reason that I'm saying this is because to be a truest fan, you have to have a copy for yourself because you have to believe more in yourself, be a fan of yourself. You have to be a truest fan to the people around you. So I guarantee as soon as you start reading the book, you're going to think of somebody who could benefit from the book. And so you have a second copy for that person and then have a third copy that you keep in your car or your briefcase or whatever you travel with, because you're going to run into somebody that you don't know you can give the message to. And I know that sounds like I'm trying to sell books and I am, but um, that is, that is to me, the best thing you do. Go to truestfan.com, go ahead and buy three copies. Um, Everybody who has read it and rated it on Amazon has given it five stars. So I feel really blessed by that. So um, truestfan.com. The other thing that I'm trying to do is um, I'm trying to get in conversations about being the Truest Fan. So in the book, uh, similar actually to Bob Goffo, I, again, I never thought about this, is a phone number, 757-645-1525. That is the Truest Fan hotline. If you call that number, uh, most likely I won't answer it. But if you leave a message and say, hey, I'd like to talk about Truest Fan or I need a pick-me-up or I'd love to share an idea, or, I'd love to tell you about what I read and learn from reading the book, call that number. So you don't have to worry about getting on Facebook or, or any place else. Of course, I'm on I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn. But go to truestfan.com and, and keep the Fan Hotline in mind. And um, I'd love to I'd love to get as conversation with many people as I possibly can because I believe that this message, the message of understanding how much God loves us and then sharing that love with others, is um, is the most important thing I could be doing.
0: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I love that you said buy three books because I am a big book fan. So I almost never buy only one copy of any book I enjoy. So I think that's a great tip because oh, so I do you that. You need myself.
1: to buy 10. You need to buy 10. I so. know,
0: right. I need to buy 10 <laughs> of your books. Yes. And I will say, uh, so that I love. And then your book is, it's very inspiring. It's written very well. It's. I mean, I honestly at first was thinking it was a real story just because I was getting so engaged in the story, right? The conversation with the character. So yeah, it's very inspiring. And I think it really has such great and important messages, uh, lifelong messages in it. So thank you for that. And I just want to, Rob, I want to thank you for being with us today and sharing your words of wisdom and your message with us. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
1: Well, Kristen, I knew you were going to have a great conversation when we started off by planning on having a great conversation. We were intentional about it. So, um, yeah. so I really enjoyed it. And I enjoy the work um, that you do. Your your podcast is terrific.
0: Yep, thank you so much. What a good conversation that was with Rob. I love his message in the book, Truest Fan. And since he mentioned Bob Goff and Everybody Always, which is also a favorite of mine, I wanted to share a few paragraphs with you that I think that really hit home the same sort of message that Rob shares in his book. Here's what I want to share. I carry medals with me all the time. They don't say anything on them. I'm a lawyer, so the medals mean whatever I say they mean. I open the door and let my limo driver friend out of the back seat he stood up and straightened his jacket and I was still wearing his hat. I pinned a medal on his chest and said, you're brave, you're courageous, you're foolhardy. Did you see how I took that last turn? I spoke words of truth and affirmation to him with a smile. I patted him on the chest, gave him a hug and I walked into the hotel. When the limo driver went home that night to the woman he's been living with for the past 10 years, do you think he told her he'd met a Christian guy that day who told him he was supposed to be married? Of course not. I bet he told her he'd met a guy who told him who he was. That's our job. It's always been our job. We're supposed to just love the people in front of us. We're the ones who tell them who they are. We don't need to spend as much time as we do telling people what we think about what they're doing. Loving people doesn't mean that we need to control their conduct. It's a big difference. There's a big difference between the two. Loving people means caring without an agenda. As soon as we have an agenda, it's not love anymore. It's acting like you care to get someone to do what you want or what you think God wants them to do. Do less of that and people will see a lot less of you and more of Jesus. Talk behind each other's backs constantly. Just talk about the right stuff. Talk about Jesus. Talk about grace. Talk about love and acceptance. People don't grow where they're informed. They grow where they're loved and accepted. Talk about what people are becoming and who you see them turning into. And give people medals, lots of them. People around us should be walking around looking like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They should jingle when they walk. It's this simple. I want people to meet you and me and feel like they've just met everyone in heaven. You guys, if we could just all be a little bit more like Bob and Rob, I think the world would be a better place. And oh, how much encouragement we'd all be sharing. So whether it's your medal or your message, go out and share it. But more importantly, be a conduit of love and more accepting and just tell people what you see in them, the good things. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're ready to go after your dreams and define life on your terms, head on over to kristenfitch.com. And download the free No Limits Workbook to help you look at different ideas in front of you and how you might create, scale, and monetize those ideas. So you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.